Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars, if I Warm up at Stacks and Jacks. I'm Thomas. He's Ohani on the board. A little late here, but we're here. S&P futures up 70. NASDAQ futures up 305. Dow futures up 431. This is because the Russian troops are allegedly pulling back from the Ukraine border this morning. Or at least a few of them. So evidently the crisis is being diffused a little bit. So I suspect, uh, well, that was a prediction here, I guess, from our man, uh, our man Lou, that he was uh, listening to uh, Russian TV and everything, and it was, he didn't say it was an elaborate bluff, but evidently, uh, you know, Putin had some goals, and I don't know if he feels he he uh, solved them or what, but uh, somehow or another, it's a good thing that nobody's going to be shooting. I, I think everybody's cheering for that, as is the market. Uh, so we're, now we're back to the Fed watch. Of course, I mean, I don't know this is a, if you could take this as a total stand down here this morning, but... It sure looks like it's progress, so I don't know what people promised uh, to do or not do to cause him to to pull back, um, or th- or the threats. I don't know if it was the threats or they promised to do something for him or some combination of both. Maybe we'll know, maybe we'll never know. So, anywho, uh, we have Mr. Joel. Uh, Mr. Joel has not called in yet. But he will, he will in a sec. <laughs> the uh, the, uh, the uh, news in Chicago is what, the, the daily... Uh, Guy got nailed for tax evasion, right? And, uh, yeah, one of the did. aldermen. And I, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust the jury system and I actually feel that you really have to trust the jury system, Eliani, because it's what we have that other people don't have. Yeah. But I just, uh, you know, the older I get, the more I am, am really teed off by this prosecutorial structure. Uh, well, no, you know, what is, what is, uh, what does Luke call it? The, uh, discretion. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely skewed, you know, from time to time. It uh, it, it plays favorites, so that's always that's probably the part that scares me the most. Well, the, it, you know, the I, I don't you know I have no I have no love for this guy. I never met him, and I'm sure that he took loans, and because he was uh, you know, a member of the the the, the slightly above uh, the rest of us clan, he felt he could do whatever he wanted, uh, and and got caught. Now the question is. How did he get caught? Why did he get caught? I mean, and, and was it because of something else? Well, how did somebody, how did somebody all of a sudden when somebody else, a lot of people can't get these guys to investigate anything, why all of a sudden on one person do you spend, I mean, if, I'd love to see the list of uh, how many hours were spent prosecuting this guy and what appears to be, from what Brendan says, you know, 200 and some thousand dollars of income that he didn't pay taxes on. No, I, mean, I don't. I think that everybody should pay their fair share. I mean, I've always felt that. Everybody knows that. And if everybody paid their fair share, the rest of us would probably have to pay a lot less. Well, right. I mean, that's just that's just the logic of it. I mean, there's, I don't know how you ever how you get around that. Uh, I never understood having this much disparity between between you know financial peoples, like just people in general. Like I never understood why why it makes sense to keep people so poor. Because if people actually had the means to actually you know participate. And the economy, you know, I can't imagine how much better off we'd be, and how how much less the government would be drained on, 
resources because they don't have to pay for someone's groceries or someone's rent this year, you know? So I, I never understood it. I, it just it just doesn't make any sense that people... That's because you don't look at it from the other direction. Huh. But in the other direction, why would you want to Why would you want to join a country club if everybody could join? Well, it's not even a matter of joining a country club. Oh, you know what? I think Joel is calling me. Give me one second. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the... It's a, we have a big move here in the in the, in the uh, market. We have gold down. We have oil down a bunch. Well, it says it's down three forty six, but because it, it rallied up yesterday. Um, but we'll see where that all ends. But we have the, the XLE is down a dollar thirty five. Individual stocks in the Dow. We got Apple up two ninety nine. We got Boeing up five sixty four. Caterpillar up two fifty eight. So we're definitely celebrating today. Home Depot up five fourteen. Uh, and we have. Uh, the semiconductor industry came out and said their sales last year were up 26%, which is a lot. I've been trying to find out how many units they sold. Uh, I don't think the units were up 26%. They probably were up 10 or 15, and I'm guessing the prices were up the rest of the way. But they had a big year. They actually they, they shipped a record amount of semiconductors, which is somewhat interesting, considering the fact that everybody uh, thinks that there was none available. There's a massive shortage. There actually is a plain old catch-up, because a couple of years before... They were. It's an interesting chart, actually. Let me get the thing up here. Um, it's an interesting chart because it shows them uh, with uh, really less global semiconductor. It, it, we in, in where are we? 2018, we were like a trillion fifty in the uh, uh, units uh, units shipped, and then last year, or in, in 2019, even before before COVID. Dropped fairly precipitously to below 2017. So I'm going to say 950, 950 billion. 2019, 975.8. 2020, uh, was, was, uh, was up to a trillion, uh, 101, 1001. So actually in, in 2020, when the shortage supposedly hit, we actually produced more than we did in 2019. We, we the world. We, we, we as citizens of the world. Now, 2021, it's a trillion 135. Um, so, it's, it's way ahead of any past years. And I'm gonna say it's, it's, it's damn near double 2004 or 2006. I mean, you know, we're kinda, we're kinda way up there. But the, uh, you know, it's always interesting to dig into the history, history when you see a number like that fly by. Mm. But, uh, that was not Joel. Uh, we do have Joel on the phone now. Joel, how are you, buddy? Hey, Chief. No traffic, weather, and sports? Well, uh, Eliani was a tad late, so we kind of blew that away. Yeah, we'll, we'll so, that. someone forgot to wake up that morning, and that someone is me. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But this, she, is, this, this is going to happen inevitably. I usually beat everybody here, but... Uh, <laughs> but you got here pretty darn okay, quick, I'll, so you're in. Yes, we got right, I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut, guys. So did you... Uh, <laughs> Did you get the call from your buddy Putin and then buy some spoo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, I did care, like, what do they want to do with the Ukraine, you know? I mean, that would be in, in like, ground war. Aren't they kind of, like, out, like, ground wars? Don't you want to have cyber attacks and things like that? I mean, why? Ground wars are expensive and they cost lives, man. Cyber wars... You can just, you know, you can do something and then get a big ransom for it. So, uh, a little surprised, but I'm glad to see if they do uh, an about face on that. Well, I'm interested to see if they were if they were frightened by people's response, or bought off, or both. 
or they just want to sell as much oil over 90 bucks as possible. Well, that's, that's true, too. Uh, we, we've been talking, I'll be listening to, uh, on Thursday, because Lou, our man Lou Michaels, uh, comes in on Thursday, he spent a lot of time over there when he was a JAG officer, and he's, he's done some work for law firms because he speaks fluent Russian, and I think he was around Russia when he was in the Air Force. In, in planes flying around Russia, so he has a pretty good view of the place, and he listens somehow or another. He, he still gets to listen to Russian TV. What do you get that on YouTube? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do, but he can he can obviously translate. Um, you know, he he was saying how it, it, it it's all about you know Putin wanting to be relevant, not getting pushed yeah. around, not getting pushed around so much by NATO. And our and our friend Carl who calls in every Friday. I just actually put out a piece yesterday on his market ticker. Talking about all the things when, when, when Russia essentially gave up their border areas, well, Ukraine being one of them, uh, there was a, some, I should know the name of this, but there's a, uh, there was actually a, a treaty signed from the West with Russia saying who wasn't going to do what, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, leaving those areas fairly neutral. And, um, you know, he claims that we, the West has pretty much violated every one of the covenants. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it's, you know, that uh, from the Russian side of it, you know, again, I'm not taking the Russian side of it, from the Russian side of it, they're absolutely justified uh, that we're, we're messing with their their border barrier, or what do you want to call it, uh, uh, cushion, and uh, and it have been for like a long time. I don't, you know, I don't know what's, and a lot of it happened under the Obama administration with with, with Biden was the, was the front man, according to him, anyway. Um so I mean, let's just put it this way: I'm really happy that nobody is nobody's going to get shot. It doesn't appear, and uh, it doesn't not going to wreck the world economy any more than it already is. So that's where I am, Joe. I and mean, it's I don't know. It's yeah, a- I mean these geopolitical things. Yes, yes, I was a political science major in Michigan, but I mean these things are so you know beyond our control. What it. What you just have to uh, keep in mind is, you know, how it relates to the markets, and uh, you have a very, very headline-driven market. So, uh, if you can focus, you know, long-term portfolio, you kind of got to look at this and just, you know, put the blinkers on. Uh, but if you're doing any kind of short-term trading, uh, swing trading, I mean, these kind of moves can make it, you know, these kind of announcements can make or break you, and they. They seem to always happen in the middle of the night, Chief. You know, the big funny, yeah, funny how that is. Monday. I mean, you're all set for the, you know, the double whammy of the secret interbank meeting, and we're going to bump rates a half a point and along with a Russian invasion. And uh, you know, meanwhile, the spoos were down, you know, ten points on the day. So uh, you just got to look at things, you know, from a from different time perspectives. But when I looked at the end of the day, and I'm like, wow. A heck of a lot going on, possibly negative. The spoos were down fifteen points. What the hell is that? That's that's nothing. That error moved that much in the in the first five minute bracket of the day. Well, well look at the the shenanigans yesterday morning. We were down what thirty five. We walked in to do the show, and all of a sudden they're up five, and then they're down twenty. And I mean, it's you know, and the and the, <laughs> the, the 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 part that I just can't uh, I can't I, I can't come to grips with uh, Joel is that. The more and more the, the government governments around the world seem to in, influence the market without caring or maybe even on purpose, the more and more you see the insiders in Washington and other places trading. You, you can't tell me 
that, that Putin's guys, who are a bunch of crooks anyway, in my mind, that Putin's guys didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't front run this, this, this pullback. I mean, they're smart enough to do it. It's not like they're much idiots anymore. I don't think in what do you mean? They don't have to be that smart. Um, no. you know, Chief, I, I, I get I get in trouble when I start talking about about things like that. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll leave those theories to everybody else. But um, well, I don't think know, it, 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 it's hard to deny. Just let me let, let yeah. me say it, it. It's hard to deny the timing of some things. How's that? Is that a uh, is that a good way to put it? Is that walking the, the middle line? Well, you you see. If you watch this stuff all day like we do, Joel, I mean, it, when I say we, you and me, yep. constantly, even though you think that people, you know, people are, are, put this way, people are deluded enough, I won't say dumb, are deluded enough to think that they, because of the Internet and their and their Twitter accounts and every goddamn other thing they've got, that they somehow are on, on, the, on the tip of the news. Nothing could be further from the truth, even though they may think so. When you and I see... Wow, Spoozer just went down 40. I wonder what happened. Maybe in the next 20 minutes you'll find out some glancing blow of what might have happened. There's not like you'll, you'll see a, a thing on CNBC, you know, uh, you know, Biden has rough time in men's room or something like that, and, and then and everybody gets to know at the exact same moment. <laughs> to think that that's a, what's I'll going on. I'll, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with one quick story on that. Uh, uh, many, many years ago when, uh, I moved back to Detroit from the, from the pitch, I was working at, uh, a firm called Oldie Discount. Do you remember that oh, at all? Yeah, Steve? absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, actually they started commission free trading. That, that's a whole nother story. They started that in the nineties. And, uh, I, I was trading on the listed desk. And, uh, I won't say the guy's exact name, but, uh, you know, Opie was, uh, trading a stock. Uh, and the stock would move, okay? And it'd be no doubt that there was, you know, an unusual move, maybe a low-volume stock. And so we had this thing called Bridge. Do you remember Bridge oh, yeah, News? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah. yeah. And and he would say, I know there's news on this stock, and we're going to find out the news. And he, and he would tell his, uh, his assistant, he goes, I want you to hit refresh on the bridge until a news story comes out about this stock, okay? <laughs> and then about, within five or ten minutes, yep, something would come out negative on the stock, and it moved a good five, ten minutes before. So, um, but that, you know, now with the Twitter and the fakeness and everything, I mean, you really got to be careful who you believe, who you follow, and what you're doing. And uh, a lot of those shenanigans are much easier to manipulate during the day, overnight, you know, you just need the liquidity, right, Chief? The liquidity yeah. to move the markets. And, you know, when you get news items like that, it's, it's easy to make a move. Well, this is one of the few times, Joel, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, I mean, we've, been, we've been doing it for everybody because it, we haven't. But this is one of the few times I can remember that if you set yourself up long premium for like a long period of time here now, that you have been, if you've been on it, you've been a big winner. In, in, in my whole 40 years in the business, that's always the safest place to be, okay? To be, when I say long premium, you've always got options covering yourself one way or the other. You've never, you're never uncovered. Uh, but for the, for the, out of my 40 years, I'm gonna say, for 38 of them, even if you were quick like a bunny, you were kind of a net loser, because we didn't have that kind of movement. But now, I mean, if, if you 
really stuck your nose in it. This has been a a really good time for retail traders. I mean, look at oh, every, yeah. look at every every. You know, yeah. But I mean, the price is really high. But but every every single uh, uh, seemingly earnings play has moved more than the straddle. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah we got a dash. Yes. Yeah, uh, we got yeah, a dash. Yeah. Talk to you uh, next week. SP Futures up 66, and SP Futures up 292. Be right back, Kenny Polk. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 65. Nasdaq Futures up 287. Do we have Mr. Kenny? Do we do? Hey, what's, hey, Kenny, I have a question for you. 
if, for instance, I were to like uh, <clears throat> move to Florida, yeah, get myself like a yatch in one of those uh, real fancy uh, double secure flip phones, like the French Prime Minister has, could I yeah. shoot like twelve miles offshore? Get a call directly from Putin that says I'm moving some troops back in 20 minutes by your spoos and uh, not get traced. <laughs> it's amazing how this works, right? Yeah. I think all of it I've been putting it in my notes. I think it's all was a fake diversionary tactic, right? Uh, to try to draw attention away from you know nine and a half percent inflation, an aggressive Fed commentary that you know sets markets into into a tailspin, so create some chaos, geopolitical chaos, ramp it all up. Make the media focus on that, not on what's happening in this country, and then, you know, we will just forget. Yeah. That's what you see today, right? They, they make the announcement that, that Vlad pulls the troops back. Now, they didn't, they didn't go away. They just pulled the troops back, and suddenly, all the weight of the world is lifted off the market. And, you know, the Dow's up 450 points. The Nasdaq's up 400 points. Global European markets are rallying strongly up, you know, 1.5 to 2%, and it's just another day. Well, we don't quite come back up to where we were. Um, I don't know if you have had a chance. I'm, I'm probably going to ask him to go through it again on Thursday. Uh, but Lou, Lou Michaels has an unusual relationship. Not relationship, but he, since he speaks Russian fluently, I mentioned this one. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He was a jag off. He, he, he took it in the Air Force Academy. So, which of uh -huh. course meant he was assigned close to there in the, uh, he was on B-52s or something. And then he was a jag officer and he did some work in Russia. So yeah, it's been uh, he's done business over there. So somehow he watches Russian TV, and he finds out you know where they because it's, it's absolutely the, the the mirror image of here. It's we yeah, but do they tell in Russia? Do they do they do what they do here? Do they pull everyone's pants down and show everyone exactly what's going on and where everybody is? Oh, it's, no, it's, they keep it quiet. Well, no, but it's it's all about him. It, Russia is still vibrant. They're still relevant. Uh, the world's right. pushing the world's pushing them around. They have this treaty, and oh, by the way, NATO and the U.S. didn't pay any attention to the treaty, and they're trying to get Ukraine into NATO, and they absolutely promised in the treaty that they wouldn't. I mean, it's I mean, from their from their side, the side they're telling it, you know, we're, we're the aggressors, and, and if they don't, you know, if they don't, you know, give the world an example, we're not going to let NATO take over every every one of these they call them like barrier border, whatever the hell they are, right. buffer company. Right. We don't. If we don't stop messing with them, they're 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 still relevant. And uh, by the way, they'll just they'll just go in and take it, and we can't stop them, which is probably true. So I'm not, I'm not on their side. I'm just trying to. I'm saying that but that's so he he either got his pound of flesh or whatever he got that he wanted to, or or uh, got bought off, or he got scared off. I don't know which. Um, somehow or another, the, the unity of the U.S. and Europe that we keep saying we have, either he was surprised at and backed off, or he got an okay on the pipeline, and he got a promise to stop messing with the Ukraine from our side. Somewhere in that whole mess, it appears that he's been mollified somewhat. It appears, and I, I yeah. you know, I, mean, I don't know. They, I, think you're, I, I think you're right. I think he created a lot of noise. I think he threatened everybody, and I think he's exactly right that NATO's going to back off. Ukraine will remain Russia dependent. Um, NATO won't push. They'll get you know energy prices. They just go through two pipelines. You know, will we'll, uh, become operable. Everyone will be happy. Prices will remain a little bit high right now, just because you know of the global demand situation. But in the end, uh, in the end, it's all good. And I think that's exactly what the message is going to be. I think it was much. I think it was listen. I think it was a lot of noise created. Certainly, a lot of chaos for a couple of weeks. Uh, but in the end, I think that's exactly right. 
Yeah, and I wish, you know, someday I'd love to know the whole story, but we never will, obviously. Right, no, we won't. But I will tell you, the thing that I still think, and you and I have talked about this before, the thing that I still think is is not just noise um, is going to be China-Taiwan, which I think is going to happen after the Olympics, right, sometime in the spring, late, uh, late winter, early spring. I think that uh, Xi Jinping is going to... Is gonna is gonna start to. I mean, he's already said it basically that Taiwan belongs to China, and he intends on taking it back. He's made he's made that very clear. But I think when that happens, that's going to be a whole different conversation because that has the ability to really upset the world order because um, you know that China will be in control of all the semiconductors because we've allowed Taiwan to be the manufacturing capital of the world in terms of semiconductors. So we've lost control of that. And as much as Intel's going to build a plant in Ohio. Guess what? They're not going to be able to start manufacturing semiconductors until 2025. So what good is that? Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea? Is Taiwan capable, at least for a while, of making a fight out of it? I don't think so at all. I don't think Taiwan can fight. But I, don't, I, don't I have no idea Taiwan if they have any plans. What are we going to do? Is the U.S. going to go in there and defend Taiwan? No, but I'm saying I did. World War III. I, I, I get that. I'm saying, do they... Are they totally without any planes, ships, anything? I think they, I think they have something. I don't know what the something well, is. They, they, they might have something, but I think it pales into comparison to what China has. Right? Well, yeah, but I, it doesn't do, doesn't do you much good to take them over if you got to nuke them to dust first. Yeah, but I don't think you have to nuke them. I don't think you have to. I think China's just going to go in there like they did to Hong Kong. Look what they did to Hong Kong. Yeah, well, they had a right? treaty there. Well, they had a treaty right? there. They had a treaty there. Yeah, they, they, okay, they, I hear you. They had a treaty with Britain. You know, blah blah blah, and they and what happened? Ten years went by, and suddenly, you know, now they now they now they just took it over, right? And you've seen what's happened though, human rights abuses and all that stuff yeah. in Hong Kong. I think Taiwan though is different because I think Taiwan, in Xi Jinping's eyes, Taiwan is still part of Greater China, and uh, and he wants control back. Well, it goes and back if he to control back, and he can take control of you know that there will be a new world order in that sense, unless you know, unless we can find other places to start manufacturing semiconductors, which is why, you know, we should only blame ourselves for that because we allowed it to happen. Well, for, for history, and help me out here, and we, not really a history show, we're going to talk more about the market here, but uh, when, actually, you know who was involved in, in trying to put the whole thing back together after World War II was um, George Marshall. That before the right. Marshall Plan in Europe, Truman sent him over to China to try and broker a peace between Mao and Chiang Kai-shek. And after several months, maybe even as close to a year, Marshall said, you got to get me home. These two guys are idiots. There's, there's, right. no, there's no way this is happening. And he couldn't figure out which one was worse, Mao or Chiang Kai-shek. And then right. Chiang Kai-shek essentially retreat from the mainland to Taiwan and say, all right, we're, we're hold up here with the two China. Right. And, and, and I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a complete history buff, but yes, I think that, I think that's essentially right. But I don't think China ever, um, you know, ever, ever saw Taiwan as being an independent nation by any stretch at all. They still, they still think it's China, which it, I suppose it really is. Um, but, you know, they have the ability to go in there now and take it over. And I think, I think what the market's not, I think what the market's underestimating is the fact that Xi Jinping has already made it clear that, uh, that he wants it back. And I think that's going to be another geopolitical event this year. That's going to really, that's going to really has the potential to change the world because I don't know how Joe Biden's going to react to that. What are we going to do? We're going to go over there and, and defend Taiwan. Is the world going to defend Taiwan? I don't know. Um, very interesting. It'll be very, very interesting. interesting very interesting to see. Uh, what uh, 
so what do you what do you make of uh we have to talk a little bit about the still to this day the fed has done nothing and they've gone to a they had another record in the balance sheet last week <clears throat> and they have bullard going out being the monetarist that he is saying how far they are behind the curve and how uh, they've needed to do a half a point at least and or else they lose they risk losing all all respect by anybody if they haven't already lost it and then right after that somebody else come out oh no we got to be very very slow because we don't want a royal market Kenny where do you stand on this what is with these guys have they become the buffoon group of the world or what well listen yeah I, I think they don't even I don't think the left hand knows what the right hand is doing because you know look, did you notice what happened yesterday Jimmy Bullard you know came out on Friday and then again yesterday talking about the need to have to raise rates and the need to um, the need to um, uh, uh, do it quickly and 1% by July and 15 basis points in March um, and then and then uh, 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 Esther George from Kansas City said, oh, we need to start selling the bond portfolio. They're still buying bonds in the bond right, portfolio. Right. And she's saying we need to start selling them. It's confusing, the, the, the language out there, right? And I think that the left hand really doesn't hold the right hand through. Although I do think that Bullard's comments had to be blessed by the Fed and members of the Fed because he is a voting member this year. And for him to come out and make those aggressive comments, I cannot believe, I don't care what you tell me, that Jay Powell and the Fed, other Fed members were not aware that that commentary was coming out. Well, I, he think, was, I think it was planned. I think they tested the market. I think they wanted to see how the market would react. We saw them reacting. And then it was, and then they, and then they juiced it up by, you know, creating this Russian Ukraine mess, which only, which only sent the markets into a further tailspin. Right. And now look what's happening. Russians, Russians pulled back troops. Rates are still going up. We're still talking about, you know, 50 base points, but the markets are rallying right now. So, you know, they, they continue to create this chaos. I'm just curious if Jimmy Bullard had a trading account. Did he get himself short before he made the announcement? Well, he was in, this is, he's been, he's been fairly consistent. I think he, he's, he's the only, if I had to pick a one, somebody on there, uh, he, he's the only true monetarist, and every one of these guys should be one. He was on CNBC maybe eight weeks ago, and, and one of the, the, the guys there were saying, well, supply chain issue, this and that, and the other thing, and Bullard, Bullard looked at him and he goes, it has nothing to do with the supply chain. He goes, the, a general, supply chain causes spot shortages and, and some prices to go up and some to go down. The only way you get, this is him talking, he goes, the only way you get a general price level increase is by too much money in the system. Which right. Which, 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 out of control inflation, and in a half an hour, we're going to get the PCI report. What's that going to show, right? Still uh, 9%? Probably. Still 9.5%? Um, Kenny, we got a dash, but hey, good, good hearing from you. And uh, by the way, send me the brand of that phone, will you, where you can talk right to Putin without anybody knowing about it? <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, SP Futures up 66. Be right back. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom. Tom, she's Ileani on the board. We've got a, kind of a brief overview since we didn't do it at the bottom of the hour. SP futures up 68. NZF futures up uh, 299. They were up 298. They were up over 300. We just ducked under that right now. Uh, Dow has been up over 400 most of the way. Everything in the, the only stock I have down on the down on the Dow is uh, Chef, Chevron uh, Mobile because they are uh, they are uh, because oil, oil's down somewhat. But so the Dow's still up 411, and we've got oil uh, down 303 to 9242. Just after a big run up yesterday, though. Brent down 277. Natural gas down 15 cents. We got gold down 17 dollars, but still over 1852. So. Uh, it's interesting. Well, might as well, Holland, might as well talk about it. Nikkei down 214. Um, 0.8. It was just supposed to happen before the Russian news came out. Shanghai up 17.5%. Hang Seng down 200.8. However, in, in Europe, uh, the DAX up 258. I remember they were down a boatload yesterday. They were down over 2%. This is up 1.7. FTSE up 52.7. CAC around up 98. 1.4. So this kind of yesterday today they're just flipping back and forth, and actually from all, from all this mess, this last week and all this trading back and forth, we're almost unchanged on the year, which is kind of kind of bizarre. Um, are we going to do traffic weather? Or you want to get? Or we have Jeff. Uh, let's do uh, traffic weather sports right now. Um, so good morning, everyone. Currently 7.05 a.m. on February 15th. Let's get into sports first. And in the NBA, Bulls beat Spurs 120 to 109 last night. And Suns, we play in the Clippers tonight in the NHL. Blackhawks beat Jets 3 to 1. And we have nothing to report for our friends in Phoenix. In college basketball, UIC beats IUPUI 57-54, and Elon will be playing Hofstra tomorrow night. Looking at weather, currently Chicago partly cloudy, 26 with a high of 37 and a low of 26. In Phoenix, sunny 52 with a high of 78 and a low of 51. In Chicago traffic, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 12 and Cicero. Eastbound on I-90 between the 90 east ramp and the 94 east ramp. 
More traffic eastbound 94 between Fullerton and the I-55 south ramp. More traffic westbound between 130th and 75th. And then that picks up again between 47th Street uh, all the way to Troop. And then we have a uh, last bit of traffic northbound on 55 between Route 70, uh, 171 and Kedzie. So pretty chill morning so far. So let's hope that things don't pick up too bad. <laughs> Back to you, Chief. Um, I, I just misspoke. The S&P Futures, SPY, is actually down. From, they closed the year at, three, at 474.96. We're at 445.52 even with this morning's run-up. So we're down 30 points, which is roughly 8.5%. So we're down on the year. We're not we're not down from about three weeks ago with all this movement up and down, up and down we've been seeing. But we're definitely down from the start of the year. Uh, NASDAQ, NASDAQ's down way more than that. Matter of fact, let me get the, the Q numbers up here because they're, they're down kind of dramatically more. Uh Charts are good. Charts are always good, aren't they? The uh, uh, this is the QQQs now. We're, we're at, right now we're we're at uh, well, let's see, we're we're up on the day a little bit, but we I've got them on twelve thirty one. As I finger over in my chart, they are uh, they closed at three ninety seven eighty five, and right now they are at. Uh, 354, so they're down 40 some, they're down like 12%, even though they're up 7 this morning. So we've got, you know, some, some movement on that. Uh, and, and again, we've been really chopping around. The, the tradition for those that, that don't, uh, that, that, you know, don't know, and when you talk about volatility, I mean, when I first started and it came down here, I mean, the, some, somebody somewhere decided, decreed that the, uh, that volatility has to do with, uh, uh, day to day, interday volatility. It's it's one day close to the next day close, and the uh, uh, and you know we don't. But if 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 you start the day at at two hundred and and the spider it trades one eighty, trades two twenty, and lands at two hundred one, it's up a buck according to volatility history, the volatility guides, and uh, but in reality we all know that. That, that, that volatility is, is real volatility. Okay. So if you're trading it and you bought it to top and you, uh, and you, and you manage to, uh, uh, to sell at the bottom in a day like that, um, you're not doing so hot. Um, so there, there clearly is, uh, a, you know, the kind of volatility we've been seeing, you, you may never see in the statistics, uh, which is, you know, not what, uh, you know, when when you trade on a certain day, like we do all day long, I think some of the listeners do. Uh, the, you know, the, the, that's not in the stats, is what I'm saying. So this is what we've seen the last several months, and really the last pushing almost a year and a half with the COVID and everything, two years. All these moves on individual announcements and these one and two percent move. This has been for this length of time, in, in my in my experience, which has been a long time, is absolutely unprecedented. On a day, and not on an individual day basis where you'll be up one day, the spoons will start up, you know, uh, half a percent, close down half a percent. Well, that's, that's an interesting day, but it's not a wild day. Where yesterday, we, we're talking 20, 30, 40 point moves in the spoons on, on, on something you don't even see, let alone on a real announcement where you get 70 more points like this morning. Plus, we were down last night at one point before it came out. And it's, this is, is amazingly unprecedented. Uh, it has a lot of people nervous and you've, but you've got, on one, one side you've got the, this is, this is just a blip in a bull market and don't worry, the Fed will still, still be there for us and, and no matter the next 10 years will be like the last 10 years. Okay. And, and you know what? That group might be right. Okay. They're, they're, 
Nobody knows what the next 10 years is going to bring. Then there's those who might think that we've never seen anything like this. It's the mirror image of really 1982, where interest rates had gone to unprecedented levels on the upside. The, the Dow was about 800. And when interest rates essentially went down for, you know, whatever, p- call it 40 years, uh, the market has done nothing but go straight up. And now when they're going to turn back and go the other way, the market's going to get priced clearly not like 1982, got to hope not, uh, but somewhere in the middle, nobody knows where. And uh, that's, I'm going to say that's probably the camp I'm in. I wish I did know where, but it's not going to go grudgingly. I mean, I know in uh, 1982 when we when we started rallying, interest rates were coming down, there were still tremendous amount of pressure from the then, I mean, Joe, Joe Granville was the, the Tom Lee of today, you know, no matter what happened, sell the market. So the, his newsletters come out every day, sell all stocks. Well, now we have guys like, what time Lee's on CNBC all time, and when I hear from Dr. J and everybody, he's a real good guy, and it's him, and then there's Kathy Woods, and these are people that, no matter what, you buy, because that's been the, that's been the life they've led for 12 years. Well, just like, that was the life Joe Granville left for 10 years, no matter what. It's hard to even, Eliana, I know you don't, maybe if you can follow me along here, there used to be, I mean, we, we stood on the trading floor, you know, five hours a day, every day. I was trading in sure. um, the world's the world's crummiest stock pit on my brown badge, which wasn't even a full badge on the CBOE. And our and our stocks were, uh, what the hell were they? Owens, Illinois, uh, Evans Products, which ended up being like a take-under. <laughs> the stock got taken over at less than where it was trading, so it was, right. al- it was always known as the take-under. And the other one was Revlon. And Revlon ended up being a hot stock ten years later when somebody was going to take it over, but... When we were, I mean, we're talking about, you know, somebody come in and do a trade maybe every 45 minutes or hour. I mean, it was, it was awful. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's, uh, the seat was 10,000 bucks, you know, so you could pretty much stand there for free. And you, and you learn, you know, the game. We put orders in other places. But it, I mean, literally, the, the market was so heavy. When I say heavy, everybody wanted to be short stack because this is, this is a talk about out of Webster's dictionary. People used to love getting short stock interest because if you sold a stock, you got the interest on 90% or 85 or 80%, depending on your deal. You got 80, 80, that much of the interest on the value of the short stock. The person who owned the stock that you borrowed it from got the rest. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you could, a lot of times the people on the floor were making money, were making money on short stock interest, not even on trading. So just like if you're, you're everyone wonders why these brokerage firms trade for free. They don't, they don't care about the trade the, in some <laughs> right. places. They care about people borrowing for these stacks. If there was no margin interest, nobody would do anything for free. Right. Jeff, what do you think? Oh, Jeff, you with us? I'm sure. Well, you know, I've been listening to that story because it's, um, yeah, I'll give you good context for that, Chief. Uh, first of all, good morning, by the way. Right. But uh, there's a new book by Spencer Jacob. He's the author, of, he writes the Hurt on the Street column for the Wall Street Journal. Yep. And the book is called The Revolution That Wasn't, and it just came out a couple of days ago. And I spoke to the author a couple of days ago. It's basically about the mean stock squeeze. And, um, and, and he gets into this point specifically as to how we evolved into the new commission trading and, you know, uh, you know, how much, how money's made on the back end of trade and how that's become a catalyst for, for, People will be trading in the market for the first time because they think it's actually a, a costless transaction because it's no commissions. 
So it was interesting uh, hearing your backstory on that. Not to mention, I, I remember when Revlon had a nice bump, uh, jumped about 28% this past November out of nowhere. So uh, I was just listening along. Well, I got a great, I got a great story about um, the Revlon. This, they, well, as you can imagine, when there's you know eighteen hundred, two thousand people in one room, like there's there's a million stories in the naked city, right? Well, one of the right. uh, the Revlon crowd. We had, believe it or not, we had three brokers standing in that crowd, and uh, and sometimes four. If Brecker put somebody in there for training, and we we didn't do any business, Jeff. But, but I say it was it was it was free. The, the 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 regular seats were like you know one eighty five, but the the brown badge which allowed you to trade twenty stocks was like ten grand. So and if you wanted to see if you liked the business and if you could actually you know hit, blurt out a trade and actually do something, it was a great way to learn, right? So, but there these brokers and all they did was complain there was no business, no business, no business. But there also was no no cost to these guys either, you know. So, but you actually tra- you know you actually got money for trading uh, options in those days. So one of the guys. All he did was complain, complain. All of a sudden, the stack just blows up, and he's got all this business, and he, he didn't know what to do with it, right? And all of a sudden, he just says, "I can't take it anymore." And he he goes to one of those like sensory deprivation tanks for for a couple days in a row. Remember those things? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I actually do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it, so then he he just stays home for like months, and nobody knows where the hell the guy is. The other guys, you know, they kept his clients for him, but they. Split up the business when the orders came in, where the intention of giving it back to him. So finally, people aren't even getting billed. So what he would do is he'd figure out what his rent and his booze cost. He had a, like three big shopping bags full of greens, which is his receipts on the trades. He'd just pull out like a handful and send somebody enough bills. Okay, I need I need five hundred bucks for like booze. He'd send out a bill for five hundred. Finally, one one girl from the floor who liked the guy went over and said, "Look, let, let me at least send out your bills, will you?" <laughs> I don't think he ever came back, but at least he got his money. <laughs> I mean, the guy totally totally went under after he he was so busy he couldn't handle it. But it was because it could go from you know, you know, like they say, you know, the trading on the trading floor was ten percent panic and ninety percent boredom. I mean, it's it's fairly accurate. I mean, uh, you've never done it, but yeah. What, what do you make of? Uh, I don't think I've ever. Well, seen, well, let, me, let me go back to Revlon for a second. Am I right? Isn't that you know? I was looking at the price stock. The stock price wouldn't go up, trading around ten dollars. It's been there for years, you know, essentially years. But wasn't it once in the hundreds? I mean, it, it was a, a high flyer. Like, it was a bit. It was a high flyer, and then it became a takeover candidate that lasted for months. Where there were like, I think, a succession of suitors, and finally it got taken over by somebody. And I think I, you know, I kind of lost track, Jeff. But I think what you see now. Is somewhat of a spinoff out of whoever bought it in the first place. It was, a, I think they overpaid or so. I'm not positive, but I think now it's back sort of on its own. But for a while, it was owned by somebody. It was it was bought by somebody. And that, that's yeah. where for, um, for they went from I being remember it was a, uh, a very very active stock. Yeah, well, we were. I'm going to say for the the takeover thing. It wasn't like you walked in on a Monday and the stock was gone. It was a it was a fight for I'm going to say multiple months, like six to eight. I mean, it was it went from being the sleepy ass crowd that I was in. By then, I was in the OEX uh, on a blue badge. But the uh, I'm thinking it was the most the busiest crowd on the floor for a solid six months. And then I, I think it, they merged with somebody, and then it, it died, and then it came back sort of as a you know as a, as a you know they they put it back out on its own somehow. It was kind of an interesting yeah. story, but it it clearly had for a while it had I mean, I mean months it had seventy people in that pit because it was yeah. trading all day long. I mean it was serious serious trader. 
You, you never would have guessed. So, are you getting the sense that uh, Rutgers is playing a little bit with us about <laughs> which way they're going? Are they going in? Are they going back? Are they? Uh, well, Lou's been saying that the whole way. I mean, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but uh, you know, he's been listening to the, uh, the Russian TV, and he's he's convinced that, that Putin, their economy's you know in trouble. They're getting heat over his pipeline. Uh, their 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 GDP has dropped to roughly Italy, right? I mean, they're they're, they're yep. down on the chain, yep. so they're searching for. He wants Russia to be relevant, and and in his mind, and with I'm going to say with some justification, according to Carl and Lou, both uh, whatever treaty we sign to basically leave his buffer states alone, uh, we haven't. Of course, he hasn't either. But it's not like any, you know, it's not like every anybody can't find some blame somewhere, and uh, you know he's managed to ruffle rustle enough feathers to get everybody to talk to him. And I'm going to say there's some threats and some capitulation. I, I wish I knew the combination of all that stuff, but that, that's my that's my in my opinion. Kenny thought I was spot on. Nobody will ever know how much how much of this is that. Uh, but clearly, you know, getting the guy out of the banking system and and uh, you know, I mean, how, what it's going to cost him to to stay in Ukraine as a, as an occupational force with any kind of guerrilla warfare or any kind of other stuff. I mean, who the hell knows? But it's not. It's not cheap, right? So, I mean, I'm sure he's he has to weigh unless he's gone totally, you know, crazy, which some uh, some uh, guys that are totalitarians do. But if he's a rational guy, he's got to be weighing all this stuff, right? I mean, uh, I'll, I'll bet at the end of the day we'll find out that we promised to never go near Ukraine with NATO, that we let them do the pipeline, and we do. There's probably five things we've decided we would do. We won't cut them off in the international payment system, you know, blah blah blah. If he backs out. And which I'm not saying I wouldn't do that, or you, you, you and me together, saying I'll bet that there has been some pretty serious negotiation here, and and he's going to come out saying he's a winner, and, and we're going to say we're a winner. I mean, it's not what politicians do. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, that seems about right right now because he has to walk away with something. I mean, you you mentioned the expense, the expense of this deployment is. <laughs> Isn't material for Russia to say the least, and he can't come back empty-handed. So either he goes in, or he gets a lot of concessions. It's it's that simple. There's there's no other way. Jeff, have you uh, have a question? I I've heard just marginally, and I don't know what station I was on or whatever, that there's a serious timing to this in regards to uh, frozen ground, muddy ground tanks, blah blah blah. In other words, he he can't just hang there till. Till April and decide to to attack. Yeah, no, I, I actually mentioned that briefly last week. Um, there, there is a real concern there. The, the, um, it's, it's the ground. The ground that they're occupying on most of these borders um, is is fertile land, and and in the winter it's frozen over. But the first thing that happens when it thaws is it turns to mud, and. Any directional activity from a mud base is very difficult for the military, either to move forward or to or to retreat or to sit. Either one of those things are difficult. So they're going to make a move before the land thaws, because once it does, it's very difficult to move some of the major camps and, and the major tanks and, and military hardware. So uh, you know, I'm not following the claim about there in the temperature, but that just implies that they have, uh, you know, a limited period of time. 
you know, they, they have to make a decision pretty, pretty. And that does tell you for certainty that they won't be sitting there in 60 days from now. Like, this won't be happening. You know, this, this has a, a window to resolve itself because they cannot be in blood. Isn't that, uh, everybody looks at the snow that nailed the Nazis in Russia, but wasn't, wasn't it mud before the snow or something? Or after, were they, the real, the real issue was mud, I thought, in the movement. Hey, you know, mud is always a, oh, yeah. that's always an issue. Well, I mean, tanks right. are, tanks are not all that, they look like they can go through anything, but they, they, they chop up bridges, they chop up roads, and they get stuck in mud. So, I mean, or, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not easy. I mean, it's way, way above my pay grade, but I know it's not easy. None, none of that stuff's easy. I mean, right? It's a compelling case for drones, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what did what did Mike Rako say about work? Is uh, Kenny was talking about uh, or Joel was saying, you know, don't you do cyber warfare? And so, what did Mike Rako say? War is very simple. They they got it. We want it. Let's take it. Exactly. <laughs> Mike Rako had a certain uh, uh, common sense view of the world, didn't he? In a, yeah, lot of, yeah. in a lot of ways. What do you make of uh, the, the Fed? Still can't seem to be. I mean, what is God? We talk about. What, what, you think they're going to do something one of these days when you stop talking about them? Or, you know, are they going to push this off like forever? Whatever they're going to do. I, you know, I, I would have been, I would have been guessing that, um, they would have began their tightenings, you know, that they would have began already. It, it's hard to imagine what they're possibly waiting for because there's no reason to expect things to get any better in the absence of any activity that doesn't actually just play itself out you know I mean the supply chain issues um, it, it, it's, it's hard to understand what the current strategy is right now I think um, you can look to March 1st as being an important date politically for a lot of things right first of all the so that's the current date that the state of the union address is planned for. obviously that's late this is very late for the president to do a March 4th State of the Union address, but he had no good news, right? So yeah. So either waiting around for, uh, you know, the job situation to improve or inflation to subside or for COVID to subside. And, um, you know, he's gotten a couple of those things to occur, and now he's going to head with March 1st. Well, I can't imagine any tightening to occur, occur prior to March 1st because... You just don't do that, right? I mean, it's, I mean, that's the biggest concern that the administration has right now is the uncertainty of Russia's, uh, intention and activity going into a state of the union address. Um, you know, he, he wants to, he wants to declare a victory on something, so victory against COVID would be the natural thing. You know, obviously there's a lot of irony that people have noticed, and one of them is a Super Bowl packed with, you know, 70,000 masks with stands and then kids going back to school the next day wearing masks for some ungodly reason that no one can explain. Yeah. But, but, you know, that, that's, March 1st is an important day for the administration because, you know, the numbers could not look worse. Uh, the recent poll that came out just this week say that 51% of Democrats would prefer to see another candidate on the, on the ticket. Um, for the Democrats next election cycle, and that's unprecedented. You've never had the majority of the party in, in, in office saying that they don't want their candidate to be on the ticket. So, 
So, you know, this is a White House that's really under stress right now, and they're looking for any kind of win. So one of the things, <clears throat> I've always believed that there's some tacit form of jawboning that goes on with the Fed, um, and I would not expect to see any great hikes for the State of the Union, that's for certain. Well, uh, Jeff, it's um, it, it, if you just listen to the language, and I don't, I don't know that people are being fed the language or... They just—they're uh, just too damn young and dumb. Uh, uh, not that people that are young are necessarily dumb, they're not. Uh, but the—you listen to the, the the platitudes regarding raising interest rates. Somewhere along the line, and I don't know where, but somewhere along the line, we, we've lost all conception—not you and me—all conception of the current policy is amazingly out on the edge. You know, it's like if uh if you if you're trying to fill up your swimming pool or something and you got 15 hoses into it, cutting back to three or four and turning it off when it's full is is normal. It's not but I listened yesterday and they were talking about it's really hard to raise rates going into a a slowdown in the economy. Well, that's that's true, but we're not at three or three and a half we're raising it would 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 cut things back a little bit we're at an unprecedented expansionary number that is unsustainable it's raising rates from here is not is not in my mind it's not even raising rates yet it's, no it's, no because when you're behind the curve this far it, it, it it's yeah, I, I understand your point that's right it's, it's without raising rates it's trying to reach an equilibrium because with all, all those you know platitudes and the reason why you raise rates or lower rates to stimulate or to not stimulate or to bring things back all that the assumption is i mean maybe i took too many tests in my life where the the first thing the, the professor would say assume these three things by the way here's the question here's the test but if, if he would have put three different assumptions up there the answer would always be different right I mean, right. I mean, your answers for a free market economy are going to be different for an oligopoly versus a monopoly versus a duopoly, but all those kinds of things. But right now, I mean, if, if we were at three percent, obviously, if 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 you were to, if you I mean, you clearly are smart enough. I mean, if I were to say, what do you do if you raise the things at three and a half percent? You're going to say, wait a minute. It appears that the market is overheating. That three percent is normal, and we're going to act to cut back, or. If we went to two and a half, we're going to say, it looks like things are getting a little sluggish. We're going to try and goose things a little bit. We're going to drop. But 3% would be the normal number. I mean, to go from zero to, to, to a half, what does that even do? I mean, it, plus, I mean, I don't, I mean, the banks, what do you think, second question here, everybody says that raising rates helps the banks out. How can they ever get a bigger spread than they do now? Paying, Paying right, people like right. you know, the, if, you, if anybody, how many states? I think we're we're favored here, Jeff. Because I mean, I think you and I, even if we want to open up on a check account with, with a couple thousand bucks, I think we can find one that's free because we're still somewhat competitive in Illinois. I don't know. Can you do that in other states? Or I've had you know some people, listeners, call in and say, in, in their area, if you don't you know carry twenty five hundred bucks in there, you're you're paying fifteen dollars a month uh, charge. Well, that's that's negative interest, right? Um, by any stretch. So, I, and they're charging twenty some percent of credit cards. Not to everybody, but most. How how can that spread ever get wider? That's right. No, it, it can't be wider than where it is right now. 
I mean, I, so so I I guess here's my question. What I've been kind of contemplating is that you know, so we know that uh, we're going to go into a cycle now of raising rates, and we have some history to look at, right? You know, the recent one would be you know 2017-18, right? Probably yeah. the uh, financial crisis, but but before that was the uh, 2005-2006 um, cycle, which. You know, the Fed raised rates really quickly. Uh, the housing market was super hot, and, and there was, you know, some of economic growth. That's not our scenario now. But um, what do you think is more likely to occur? You know, that, that type of cycle, like a 2005-06 rate increase cycle uh, that was really a rapid one, or something more like 2017 What do you say we uh, use that as a teaser going to the break and... Those are long answers from both of us. SP futures now up 55. They were up 70, but they're still up a lot. SP futures up 250. They were up over three. We're, we're uh, in the last minute here. We're, we're slipping a little bit. We'll try and find out why and break. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now. Hello, Norfolk, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tomashi Zeliani on the board. SP Futures up 57, NASDAQ Futures up 246. We just got a PPI number that came in at 1%. Boy, Jeff was, he was clairvoyant on this. I was expected to be 0.5, so they basically double up one on the other. Real quick, let's just, uh, Dow Futures up 375, they were up 450. Um, Asia, Nikkei down 214. This is probably before the Russians said they were moving out a little bit. Shanghai up 17, Hang Seng down 200.8%. 
It'll probably flip around tomorrow morning, like all this stuff has been flipping around based on the timing. DAX up 267, 1.8%. FTSE up 61.8. CAC around up 90, 1.3. Uh, bonds, uh, up for 2, 2, 2% and 4. 2.04, a new high. Uh, Bund, uh, positive 0.32. I'm getting used to saying positive. Japan, positive 0.22. Uh, oil down 275, but still 92.71. We got gold down 21 bucks, 18.48. Kind of surprised that, uh, it slipped off the high with the Russian thing and the crisis, but it might come back with the inflation. Um, Jeff, what do you want to talk about first, the inflation or what we were already talking about? Well, I don't know. The, um, what do you make of that PPI number? That's, that just came in at 1%? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hey, Jeff, I, uh, a quick question. I know we, we got to get back to what we were talking about, but where I'm going to ask you, because I asked um, um, uh, Mike on Monday. Boy, it was good to see, have him back. He... Uh, he brings something to the show that nobody else does. I mean, he has such a knowledge of that yeah. stuff, and plus, he's a hell of a nice guy, which makes which always makes it. I always, yeah. I really like talking to the guy. I mean, if it, even if we was talking about the Cubs, I don't care. I like talking to him. But um, I haven't talked to him in the longest time, so I'm, I'm glad you you were able to catch up with him. But hey, we, we should uh, when he's when he's all back in one piece, we should have a beer. Um, there you go, because he's a, he's a good man. Hey, uh, I at my uh, I'm having trouble here, to be honest with you. Because, matter of fact, who asked me last week? It wasn't you. You usually ask me the toughest questions. Somebody asked me, where do I think we are on this inflation, on this, in the cycle, assuming that it's going to be a cycle? Jeff, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking, I, uh, went through and did some calculations from 2012 to 2020. Money supply increase was average 7.3% a year, which is really high. Um, even though we had people telling us there was no inflation. And the inflation, I think, one of the areas that uh, can be hidden, hospitalization, because most people let's put this way, most people who are in charge of the news don't care about it because they get insurance paid for by somebody else. So it's kind of hidden from them, right? And, right. So, and a lot of it, when yeah. I think the tuition and a few other spots, stuff that you could, I'll use the term hide, uh, or lie about, however, however, you know, subversive you want to be. But from April, from the... Uh, then we've got from February 20th of uh, 2000, February 2000, right before the COVID, uh, for the next, like, eight, two years, it was like 38%, which is absolutely unprecedented anywhere, like even in wartime, although I guess if I went back to Civil War times, did some study, I'd maybe find that I'm wrong there. But let's put it this way, it's pretty darn high. And even though, and though in the last 18 months, it's been 22% per annum over that 18-month period. Now we're down to... It was like fifteen percent, and you don't you don't get these numbers are a month late because they decided not to give them to us, right? Which you and I have talked about. But if you go back right. to the November, I think was fifteen percent, and I think December was like eleven. So we're we're coming back down, but we're still awful high. I mean, we're, and if you're talking about eleven percent money supply growth with a economy growing at two percent, duh, do the math. It's nine percent. You know, I mean, it, it might be hidden somewhere. If there's so much money in the system, it goes back to the Fed at night. Which cuts your velocity by here, but I don't want to go into all that. But Jeff, I don't know where we are in that curve. If we're still working our way up from the six to twelve months, which normally is the is the time lag going in, are we still in the fifteen, eighteen, twenty percent part of the curve going up, or are we are we already coming down? We've, we got we've got a world that's ready to ready to see a CPI number of of point six and declare victory that it's over. Right? 
I don't. I don't think it's right. over. But I don't. Where do you think we are on that curve? I honestly don't know. Well, I, I think the only thing you can do, and well, first answer is I don't know. But the second answer would be, you know, the, you you do get a benchmark where you can anchor where you are relative to when the uh, Fed actually begins its tightening. And you know, and that was my question before the break was about the prior, you know, two cycles, two thousand five six and seventeen eighteen. Well, my answer to that is see the impact of. My answer to that is is there is there. They're all different, uh, Jeff. Because if if they're if they're too long, okay, if, if they push too long when they shouldn't, for reasons you know, whatever reasons they have, and it pushes asset prices up to a number that's unsustainable, the crashing down you hear is something that takes is a rock on everybody's head. If they do it for that's, just a l- that's where we are now. And I think like, that's where we are now. Does that look like two thousand five six? Well, look, I mean, look what happened. I'll give you a quick example. If, if it happens during a, a quote, a, an asset bubble anyway, um, the best example of that is it wasn't even that huge of a spike, but we had all kinds of issues with, the, when I say issues, we had market activity in the late 90s regarding dot-com companies and all that kind of crazy stuff, right? And in the midst of that, in, in late 1999, because the Fed was scared bleepless of the Y2K issues, they poured money into the system for like the last six months of that year, right? And a lot of that money. But when they pour money into the system, the 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 idiocy of these of these people. And I, I don't, when I say the idiocy, they're brilliant people. I don't. Just because you, you you take care of the system, Jeff, you the money doesn't go where you want it to go. It's a it's a total sledgehammer approach. The money they poured into the, the quote system in late 1999 to to make sure that if everybody's you know. Uh, Whatever your, uh, where you put your card in and get your cash station, if everything went to went to went to went to hell, that everybody had cash. There was enough cash in the system where people wouldn't starve. Well, it didn't go in people's pockets. It went in the market. So the the that that's six months from the that's that's why the market topped in what um, uh, like March of two thousand, right or right in there, and all of a sudden they started pulling back. Well, they're pulling back and it's pulling right back out of the spot where it landed from. I mean, right now, it's not like this money reached uh, every man because the salaries of people on the median level are up, what, 10 15% in a decade? Not even? I mean, I mean it's not like it's made it down to the lower echelon, in which case... So it, most of this money, or a lot of it, has gone into the market where you're talking about 100 times earnings, you know, God knows how many times revenue, those kinds of things, where they're just too high. And you look at a house... The average house right now, I'm going to say, is what three sixty five, Jeff, in the median. Yeah. And I'm going to say that the three fifty plus. Yeah. Okay, so it's three fifty. The median citizen is probably at let's be generous and say forty five. I'm going to say for a three sixty house, even if somebody gave you the seventy two grand twenty percent down payment, which I don't know where you, where you go to that counter and get that money, but if you if, <laughs> if 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 Pops Joseph gave you the dough for that house, I'm going to say. Even with with the uh, mortgage rates, where they're pushing three now or something, three and a half, even even if at that rate with the insurance with the taxes, that you need to make uh, ninety grand a year for them to give you a mortgage. That's yeah, a, for the thirty percent. Yeah, so that yeah. So compared yeah, to ninety right. to grand you need for the median house versus the forty grand the median person makes, that's a problem. 
So it wouldn't surprise me that all these all these things came crashing down. Not because the Fed caused them to crash down, but because it caused them to go up. That, that That's my answer, basically. Yes. In, in the meantime, you've got Blackstone buying up uh, single-family homes and, and, and you know, becoming the largest owner of single-family homes in the country right now through its underlying funds, of course, but... Because what, because of what you just said, you know, even at these low, low interest rates, the um, home inflation that you've seen over the levels, like you know, record numbers of foreclosures, and and Blackstone as an institutional buyer has now become the largest property owner in the country. Well, look at look at residential property. They're like the new GE Capital. They're like the new GE Capital, right? They're a combination of the new. They seem to be a combination of the new GE Capital on a lower level and the new, mm-hmm. Goldman, and the new Goldman Sachs. Do we really need that? Do That's we want right. that? That's right. What, what do you, I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, the, the numbers, just take a simple one. From a, I'm sure some listeners are involved in this and probably don't want to hear about it, but uh, Facebook, you know, I, I, I can't even really describe what what the company does uh, I mean, in terms of revenue. I mean, what, what, what people see going forward, I mean, I'm sure maybe somebody can, but... They were at a price where they were almost a trillion dollars, right? Jeff, now, they, they took, uh, this hit, okay, with the, uh, revenue, so, so forth, and they went from, I think they went from, uh, you know, I might be a little off here. They went from 50 times revenue, they dropped 28%, right? So they went from 50 yeah. times revenue to 36 or something, correct? And yep. if they went, if they went down well, another well, hundred, yeah, if they went down another hundred bucks. Billion in market yeah, but if they, they went down, yeah. but if you want, if you, if you, they dropped another hundred bucks, which is another God knows how much in revenue, uh, in market cap. They'd be at a twenty-six. Well, okay, if, if interest rates go back to quote normal, two and a half, three percent, twenty-six is still pretty high. So, I mean, we're yeah. talking. I mean, and, and they, and if if, it, if if they go to a twenty-six, I'm not predicting that or anything. If they do, you're you're talking about four hundred billion dollars of revenue of a market cap that is gone, and a, and a lot of that. Is it's not just if you know if the whatever the guy owns a place, his you know his net goes down, but it might be you're in my neighbor that borrowed money to buy it at the top, and now all of a sudden is sucking on it, fifty percent lower. Now that money's borrowed, that's a problem, Jeff. I mean that's a serious problem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's exactly right. I mean you uh, you you and I would so one of these days. I um, mean I, I don't. I'm sure there are books on it. Uh, that I would do a better job than me, but I think one of these days in, in your in your uh, in, in luck box, somebody should write a column on the history of the uh, the tulip fiasco in, in Holland and how. Well, it, I, I think we'll always have our new uh, tulip fiascos. Right? You know, maybe it's with crypto, maybe it's with NFTs, maybe it's with Facebook. You know? Yeah. And although Facebook, you're you're basically saying it. Listen, the they saw the writing on the a wall, you know, with the legislation coming out of Europe on GDPR and then uh, California's privacy legislation, and then um, you know the elimination of cookies uh, as being part of the business model going forward, and the decline in ad, ad revenues. You know, Facebook knew what was happening, so it was really clear that they had to make some major moves, and that's why you know the metaverse became the next play. And they've been investing millions into you know a model that doesn't 
well, first of all, something that doesn't exist yet, or over doesn't create any revenue. And then with the competition they're seeing from TikTok, you know, this is the handwriting's on the wall for Facebook. Either the metaverse has to turn into something that produces revenue. There's, no, listen, I know there's a lot of skeptics out there. I'm not clear where I am on it right now. We're actually the luck box. We're looking at the metaverse right now. I know part of our, our next issue, and, you know, have Jeff, you might want to might want to move in the room a little bit. Here. We're starting to lose you. Can you can you can you scoot five feet one way or the other? We're, uh, I, have, I have a question for you. It, it is yep. the um, boy. I love asking you stuff. Uh, some some place somewhere. I know it's I know it's a really old school. But no matter how much you, you love a company and you love the growth and you love everything, you still you still you price places. That someday they're going to be, and I use the term, I use the term real. That if if Facebook is worth has a market cap of a trillion dollars, someplace somewhere implied in that is that somewhere in the future, these guys are going to be making eighty billion a year and maybe sending shareholders checks for twenty five. I mean, even if you love the place enough and interest rates are low and you're willing to give uh, the guys who run the place is Zuckerberg, right? Uh, Right. I mean, you're willing to give the guy ten years to make it happen, or twelve, or fifteen. Someday, somewhere, it's going to have to happen. And if you're ten years into it and you go, I still don't see the end of this tunnel, um, you're just sitting there. You're not willing to wait anymore. I think is part of it, right? I mean, does anybody ever see him making? I think that's what that that earnings announcement and in the, in the future is. The, the, what the, the phone call with him and everything. It basically told people, I don't, I don't see when this place is going to make a hundred billion a year and send me a check for anything. And it's that's right. That, that's in essence what it was. That's led to the largest single dropping market cap for any company in the history of the markets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I mean, how many do you think are in the same boat? How many other companies? Yeah. Well, you know, they they have a lot. The other companies have a lot less. Uh, Further to the fall than Facebook, you know. So, but but to your point, yeah, there's a number of other companies in the similar boat. Well, I mean, is, is is Peloton an outlier, or are they are they the the the, the canary in the coal mine? I mean, I, I hope they're not. I have a colleague who is convinced that Peloton's going to be a, acquired by Netflix. I, I think it's a, actually a very interesting, an interesting concept actually, um, but. Uh, Listen, you know, Peloton was a go-go growth stock. It's another company actually we're looking at right now for our next issue. Our next issue of Luckbox is, is focused on hype. So you just came upon two of the subjects, you know, the metaverse and, and Peloton. That's because I spent, that's I, maybe I spent too much time with them. We were reading each other's minds. Yeah. yeah. That's not, that's not bad. All right, so how, here's, here's another question. How come, you know, when you say, Netflix is looking at okay. Now I'm looking at the chart here without going in every single day. My site's good. I'm saying they're down from a hundred bucks. They're trading currently at thirty three, and they, they hit bottom at what twenty two or something, twenty three somewhere in there. Yep. Yep. Now, when, when you say uh, you're not you're not one of the, the bumps on TV, when they say Netflix is looking at them, they imply that Netflix is probably going to pay fifty, even though it's trading thirty three. I don't think. You implied that that all of a sudden Netflix is going to think it's worth twice what it is today, or did you? No, no, not at all. No, 
So yeah. you think it's for sale yeah, like it was? Obviously, some synergies there, but no, I mean, it wouldn't. That's not that's not a valuation uh, projection at all. Right. So you think if, if Netflix said, "Okay, you guys are all mine," at thirty five takes it, not one hundred and five. Yeah, I mean, perhaps it, more likely. Yeah, I just you know, I mean, it might be a little bit of a premium, but it's it's kind of scary, and it. Uh, um, yesterday, everybody was opining on what other company Amazon should buy. Oh, hey, I got a, I got one for you. This is I don't know. This is a a, a hot rumor at the uh, I could say the library last night, but more like the uh, the lounge, the bar. The hot rumor was that uh, uh, Lori Lightfoot is planning on selling Midway to Amazon. Did you hear this? No, no. Well, that, that she well two things. Um, or, I mean, talk about it. is this lady desperate or what? That she's she's going to explore the possibility of a roof over Soldier Field for the Bears. This was the Tribune reported, Yard Cranes or somebody. And the other one, she's planning to sell Midway to Amazon for fifty billion dollars, or at least exploring the possibility. What the hell over? <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a great that's a good story. What do you what do you what do you what is your feeling on selling assets? Of, uh, of public assets to companies to well, well we uh, remember when daily sold our parking meters you know that well, yeah how did that work out yeah right exactly I uh, I, I would be in favor Jeff uh, of course our state's so crooked I would be in uh, in favor of a state law of a serious law maybe even an amendment that says if you do something like that that the money has to be put in escrow and only the money earned on the interest can be used for uh, current operations. Because they, they, they've been free to sell something and take that into current income and right. make the budget look good and only basically screw the next guy. And I don't right. I don't think... Uh, I'll tell you an interesting story regarding uh, the uh, not, not just the parking meters, but when they sold Millennium Park and the Skyway... Uh, all that stuff was happening, and Dr. J and I were on the show at the same time. We were doing, we were on the score when that happened, and uh, so John was saying, uh, well, "What do you, what do you think about the Millennium Park thing?" And I said, well, "I don't, I don't, I don't think we got anywhere near enough money." He said, well, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, all right, John, you tell me how many cars are in there a day, and and what what do we get per day, and what's the turnover?" And uh, I said, "Okay, I got it worth five billion dollars, and we got like one or something." He goes. How the hell did you come up with that? I go, Jan, it's real simple. Give me, give me the interest rate and give me the, and give me the, uh, revenue per date. I'll tell you what it's worth. I mean, this, this is, this is finance 101. He goes, how can you do that? I go, how can, how can these guys not do it? I mean, they're, they, they're paying financial guys and I, I think we got, so get a load of this. The, like the next day at the club, Daly was a member of the same club at Blum where all the traders were in. I walk into the soda and who's in there but Daly? You know, everybody's all covered up and we're sitting there. Sure. And, uh, and he starts talking me, what do you think about me, me selling the place? I'm going, well, Mary, you know, I'm not really big on this stuff. He knew I did the show, and he, we talked a lot, and he knew my business, and I knew his. And uh, By the way, the guy was very clever, knew more about Chicago than anybody. He loved the place, still does. Uh, I said, Mayor, it's, I don't, I, I'm, you're not going to get me on your side on this one. But if, I'm smart enough to not say, by the way, you got two less from Millennium Park. The guy's my friend. I said, they just so happen. The guy in uh, Indiana just sold the tollway. I said, Mayor, t- take the tollway, for instance, because I'm not talking about him, right? I said, you know, they just got $2.5 billion for this thing. Mayor, it's not even close. 
He said, they've been losing money on it forever. I said, Mayor, they, they should have been able to, to go out for bid on somebody to run the place. But you don't, I said, Mayor, the thing is, I said, just, I'm, I'm gonna say it's 160, 70 miles long, you know, half a mile wide, improved, uh, two and a half billion. I said, if you started tomorrow, you couldn't get from the state line past Wolf Lake for two and a half billion dollars. You're talking about an entire state tollway? He's looking at me like I had three heads. Well, why? What's, what should it be? I go, you can't sell it. I mean, there, there's no amount of money that, that somebody could put together to make a new, condemn the land and do everything for the Indiana toll road. Just say, this is what you guys are going to run the place better than the state in terms of employees and stuff. And go out for a bid on, on operating it. Don't sell it. And he's like, yeah, maybe that would, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Well, that's where I am. I know. Where are you on this stuff? I don't, I don't think you get a right to sell our stuff. Do you? No, I don't. I don't think it's an interesting story that you mentioned about uh, Lightfoot and, and Amazon, and that's a hell of a story. Right now, I it's a rumor. Get it anywhere? I mean, is there any reason to believe that's in play? Uh, it's a, it's a solid rumor among the people who think they know stuff. Uh, that's, a, that's a solid rumor. Well, it's tradable. <laughs> I don't know. They get futures on Midway Airport. I don't know. I'd say it absolutely is not tradable. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's. I mean, I, Let's put it this way. If, if, if I heard about it, somebody at least ran it by somebody, even and got a resounding no type of thing. Sure. How, how would you, uh, underwrite, uh, Pritzker's, uh, uh, likelihood to remain in office or even to run again? Um, can I ask you a quick question first? When you, when you sure. take, when you take all the people away from the trading floor, they used to make a hundred thousand a year, and you give all the money to one guy, this is what you huh. get. Right? At Citadel. Is that something we really want to do? To have a few people make all the money and then run all the politics too? Um, I don't know, you know, he's the, What do you think? He's the, uh, if, if you, I don't know how much, well you live in Evanston so you spend some time, but I'll tell you what, suburbs south and southwest, even people that are, are, uh, are, came from the Democratic Party for an entire lifetime can't stand a guy. And whether that means, an African American from Aurora, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's kind of a reach, but, yeah. uh, for, for this crowd. Yeah, anyway. I, I don't know much about him. I've been seeing his, uh, his, um, campaign commercials occur more frequently. Do you, do you know much about him? All everybody says is he told the rioters to stay out of his town and he meant it. I mean, you and I yeah. talked the last couple of weeks. I mean, we talked about, I mean, my concerns and you, I think, somewhat agreed with me. My concern and all the stuff going on with the woke and the, Everybody in jail is really innocent, all that stuff. My concern, not so much as every, well, my concern is that I get shot like everybody else. But I also, my concerns are the, 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 the pushback from that. I hope we don't end up with a Nazi party here, for God's sake. So right now, if you ask anybody what the strength is in this guy is Aurora, is he told the rioters to stay the hell out any minute. I don't know that that's my description of, I first, I actually think that the guy did a nice job on that. But I'm not so mm-hmm. sure that, that that's how I want my next governor president being known as. Do you? I mean, it, I, I mean, partially yes. But you know, I'm stumbling with this. Help me out. You know, you know what I'm saying. I don't. I, I, are we ready for the law and order candidate? Well, if uh, if the current trajectory of, of crime and instances continues, I, I think it's going to be a major election issue. I mean, you, I'm going to see that in midterms. 
that's the primary. Why, why is why is the governor on a on a twenty twenty two cycle? Do you have any idea? I don't. Yeah, no, well, I think it varies for each state, right? Whether or not they're on the he, this general election cycle or the or the midterm cycle. In this election is governor's November, right? Yes. Yes. What do you, when, what is your uh your, your your betting guy say? Does he have a chance? Uh, well, he's still front runner, but I, I don't see how. Um, no, I'm talking about. I mean, is the guy in Aurora? I mean, how many people are in the government? Oh, uh, how many people are in the Republican primary? Uh, the, you know, the names that are there aren't that aren't that material. I I, I, you know, I, I don't know offhand, but he might be the he might be the front runner. I, I, th- I think Pritzker. Oh, oh, there's also um, uh, there's another money money candidate. Uh, well, how vulnerable do you think Pritzker is? I mean, I think he's probably pretty solid in the city, but I, outside it, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, you've got um, shifting demographics in the state again in Illinois. Will we just see the place to be honest? Illinois hasn't done as much as some of the eastern states. Uh, most of the outflow, as you know, we have a huge outflow in Illinois, but that is predominantly in rural and, and not so much in the city. Uh, there's the the outflow, outflow in the city, Jeff, sadly, is predominantly African Americans. Right. That's right. That's Which, right. We've uh, got, uh, let's see, Jesse Sullivan. That's one of the candidates I know. He's a D.C. guy, but he's not a big name. Uh, running as a Republican, but it's Richard Irvin that you're talking about, the Aurora, um, yeah, he's a, Aurora mayor. Yeah. Well, with Citadel's money, yeah. he's he's a, a front runner, I guess. Well, Jeff, right. uh, Jeff, thank you very much. Some good stuff. Well, uh, well you guys. Oh, by the way, you have Sam Zell and Dishy Swa backing uh, uh, our Aurora mayor. So that that tells you some that there's some real money behind him. You know, didn't, uh, well, the old man just died, didn't he? Dishy Swa. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is the kid? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're, 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 I tell you what, there's no love lost there where those guys treated Arlington Park. They treated them like the mm. the bastard step kid. They really did. Exactly. I, don't know, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the... Follow that money, and I think you're following the bears. Oh, God. Well, take care of yourself, buddy. Talk to you next week. SPP right. is up 50 you only now. NASDAQ Futures up 215. They're both down some, but still pretty strong. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Oh, we hear very little and we understand even less. 